This week's sponsor is absolutely perfect for true crime fans, especially those of us that love a twisty, turny murder mystery. June's Journey is a game set in the Roaring Twenties. June's sister Claire and her husband Harry were found dead, and June is certain that they've been murdered. Now she must travel to New York, where her sister's estate was, to look after her niece and solve the mystery of Claire's death. You go along the journey with June, searching for hidden objects in different locations from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris, uncovering hidden clues to solve the mystery as you go. I'm already on chapter six and the mystery has gotten so good. I cannot wait to uncover more clues. I'm also loving how you get to customize your very own luxurious estate island. That's right, let your imagination run wild as you decorate your island with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. My pool is literally insane. It has a waterfall. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free on iOS and Android. Today on MoGab's Tick-A-Talk feed, Uh a baby raccoon in a bathtub trying to catch rubber duckies. Boom! Oh, a baby raccoon. Trying to catch rubber ducks in his little hands. When you first told me the story, all I heard was baby. And I was like so uninterested that I was like, I guess that would be cute to normal people who like like babies. Yeah. No, baby. I didn't realize it was a raccoon. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real life creeps from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. <laughs> stories. Stories. And I'm Mogap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. Okay, Mogap, I was thinking of you this week. That's a lie. I was really thinking of me. <laughs> yeah. As um, <laughs> per usual. I know. I, uh, I needed a break from the murders. And Same. Decided to dive into a nice, juicy case of fraud here today. That is great. I'm sure this will come as a shock to you as long as, <laughs> as well as everyone else. Uh-huh. I'm an emotional basket case, <laughs> teetering <laughs> on the precipice of total and utter self-destruction. So anything uh. we can do to really tighten that up is much appreciated. Yeah, I sent her a TikTok that I thought I knew she was like kind of having a rough day. I sent her this TikTok that I thought would like make her smile about this like old man who went to Disneyland for the day. And I was like, she's going to love this because she loves old people. (laughs) And then (laughs) it was not the best. It turns (laughs) out it was not the best decision. So um, I'll stick to just raccoons being cute. I'll cry at that too. I'm just and bald eagles. The the amount of bald eagle TikToks also that have been crossing my feed. Like, did I send you? The one swimming, just doing yes. the breaststroke. Yes. Where are people filming these? Like, <laughs> do I just need to move to Alaska? That's it. That's my only option. That's it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. God. I don't know. Where are the bald eagle population at? That's the only thing I want to see on social media. I don't care about your political takes. I don't want to see a recipe I got to scroll 10 pages for. I only want to see raccoons and bald eagles. And... <laughs> Occasionally, I want to see Granny at Waffle House. If you're not following that account, it's great. But that is it. Hey, and also, before we get started, must mention La Patreon. Patreon. We have one. It's over at patreon.com slash creepers, And we've got three levels of different stuff that you can 
get over there. We've got Yeah, add the, it to your cart now. Don't save for later. You need it. You need it now. Add to cart. We have our first level, our $5 level. That gets you a shout out on the podcast and a bonus episode every month. Then go sign up at the $5 level. Our September bonus episode was the murders of Josh Ford and Jeannie Crutchley. Some people call it the natural born killers murder. I've never heard of those people. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <sighs> Jesus. Before that, we did the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case. We've done mm. the true story behind the movie The Changeling, one of my favorites. So lots of good stuff over there. And then if you hop up $2, you'll get all of that. Plus, you'll get our mini creeps. We just released one on who betrayed Anne Frank. Super interesting information over there. And then if you bump up one more level, you can get all of that plus 20% off merch. And you get all the episodes ad free. And I usually just, you know, throw them up there the night before. I'm not promising day early uh, but i wondered you, know. you sneaky i was like wait a second i can listen to this early like i'm <laughs> vip yeah yeah i yeah. mean i'm v capital vip i'm usually putting the episodes up there wednesday night so i usually just hit publish oh, now okay. instead of schedule that for our patreon episode so you can get a little early and you definitely get it ad free over there on the patreon at the ten dollar level so if any of that sounds interesting to you Go sign up. But if not, then you're here to listen to this episode. And I'm excited to bring it to you. A big thank you to the documentary, All the Queen's Horses. I don't remember what streaming service I watched it on, but it was on my computer. So probably YouTube. I actually think this, uh, I watched this <laughs> on YouTube. Yes. Great documentary. Today, I'm telling you the story of the biggest case of municipal fraud in history. Oh, this sounds riveting. Rita Crundwell stole $54 million from the very small city of Dixon, Illinois. They even have that much money? That's what everyone in Dixon wanted to know after this came out. So Dixon, Illinois is about two hours west of Chicago. It's like two hours south of the Wisconsin border. It's like in the middle of nowhere. Their big claim to fame is that Ronald Reagan lived there for like 13 years. <laughs> he had like a six-month lease in an apartment. <laughs> right. It, it sits on about nine square miles and has had a steady population around 15,000 people since the Whoa. 80s. We're talking okay. a city like the size of Seabrook, if you just took the land area, by population and like square miles. But then, like, probably take stuff away from around it. Because oh, yeah. Seabrook nothing around yeah. it. Yeah. Nothing around it. No large cities to support it. It's just a small town surrounded by, like, f land and maybe a few other small towns scattered around. And it's not a rich area. The median income is, like, 60000 The median home value is, like, 93000 The poverty rate's, like, 14%, which is higher than the national average. Oh. I'm kind of surprised by that. So how, over the course of 20 years, did one person manage to steal $54 million from this city? Over the course of what, 20 years, you said? 20 years. Okay. This really starts with uh, a woman named Kathy Swanson. And it's Kathy, K-A-T-H-E. It's not Kath. No. It's Kathy. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, it ain't. <laughs> no, it is not. It most certainly is not. It was October of 2011. 
Kathy Swanson was absolutely swamped at her job as the city clerk at Dixon City Hall. Girl, say less. And her job duties, and you can really relate to this one too, her job duties were more than doubled at this time because she was also filling in for the comptroller and treasurer of the city, Rita Crundwell, who had taken some time off to show horses at a competition. So Kathy was trying to get together the fiscal report for this upcoming city council meeting, but Rita hadn't even set up the option to go online to look at the city's bank accounts, so she couldn't just like hop on there and print out the statements. And the city's bank, Fifth Third Bank, hadn't mailed the, the statements, but she needed them now. This was an old school, like, this is a true, like, gotta go to the bank. This is like an old school operation here. Exactly. Exactly. They probably hadn't, like, updated anything since 1983. The city had six accounts with Fifth Third Bank for things like city taxes and city projects, things like that. Usually when Kathy needed statements, Rita told her that she was to call the bank and ask specifically for the accounts that she needed, like what specific statements she needed. But Kathy was in such a rush, she didn't have time to go through this list one by one. So she just called the bank and told them to just fax over every statement for every account for the city of Dixon in the next five minutes. Oh, no. She did not realize that in those next five minutes, her entire world was going to be flipped on its head. She got the statements for those six accounts, and then she got a seventh statement for a seventh account that Kathy didn't recognize. It was just titled RSCDA Reserve Fund, and RSCDA stood for Reserve Sewer Capital Development Account, and she had never heard of this account. And the problem with this account, other than the fact that Kathy had no idea it existed, even though she'd been the deputy treasurer of the city when she'd first started working there 20 years before, she'd worked directly under the treasurer ever since, was that there were three very large deposits in this account. One was for $200,000, one was for $300,000, and one was for like $500,000. And all all of these deposits had been addressed to RSCDA, City of Dixon, care of Rita Crundwell. Rita, who are you? Kathy had no idea what to do with this information. She didn't even know if she could really believe what she was looking at, which looked like some kind of fraud, though she wasn't really sure what or how deep it ran. And this wasn't some random person. You know, this was Rita Crundwell, her boss of 20 years. And she'd always been a really good boss to Kathy. She'd always been very patient and understanding. And Rita wasn't a stranger to Dixon. She was born and raised there. She grew up on her family's farm near Dixon. She'd graduated from Dixon High School, where she'd been president of the Office Occupational Club and on the homecoming court. Oh, golden girl. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When she was a junior in high school, she'd started working at Dixon City Hall as part of like a work-study program through the high school. And she'd been promoted through the years as she worked there. She served as the secretary for Dixon's mayor in the 70s, and by 1983, she'd been appointed the comptroller and treasurer of Dixon, which she'd been ever since, nearly 30 years. And the people of Dixon loved her. She was so nice to everyone. She had nicknames for everyone at City Hall, like she called Kathy Swan because her her last name is Swanson. Oh, so original, Rita. (laughs) Rita had grown up with her mother showing horses, and so now she showed horses quite frequently. That's why she was out of the office at this time. 
she actually ran one of the best-known quarter horse breeding operations, which was called RC Quarter Horses, and her quarter horses had won 52 world championships. Holy cow. I've been to a quarter horse show, too, by the way. I just thought you should know that. Did you I go to one prior one. to 2011? Prior, no. Oh. Well, I dabbled in there. 2014. Oh. What can I say? <laughs> Well, in 2011, the American Quarter Horse Association had named Rita Crundwell the leading owner for the previous eight years in a row. Wow. So at first, when Kathy sees all these giant transactions, she was thinking, okay, maybe Rita's like buying and selling horses through this private account under the city's name to shield the purchases from the IRS, avoid paying the taxes on them, like something like that, you know? But as she started looking at all the debits and credits on this account, there was just so much that did not add up about it, and Kathy didn't know what to do. She had always looked up to Rita. She didn't even know if the right thing was to tell. And even if she did want to tell, she didn't know who to tell. Like, who does she go to? The police? What are they well, going to do? Well, it's hard when it's the person above you instead of, like, like, vice versa. Like, how do you approach someone without, like, sounding accusatory that's, like, your boss? Versus, like, if it's someone you supervise, you can kind of, like, inquire and I don't know. She's like, No, absolutely. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to report a superior for something like this. Right. Like, what if she reports it to the police? They question Rita. Rita has a reasonable explanation. And now, like, she looks, like, terrible. Right. Or you go ask Rita and then Rita gives you some explanation, but you know it's BS. So then you go to the police and then Rita's like, I told you. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. So she folded up those statements and she tucked them into the sunglass compartment in her SUV until she figured out what to do with them. Three days later, Mayor James Burke came into her office and Kathy just couldn't stand to sit on this information any longer. So she told him about this suspicious account that it seemed only Rita knew about. And he asked her to go get him a copy of the statement. Mayor Burke had worked with Rita for a long time. He figured there must be an explanation for it. But Kathy couldn't tie the money to anything above board. So she ran down to her car. She got the statement. She made a copy of them. And then she handed him over. And Mayor Burke was very troubled by what he saw. He did not want to hurt Rita's reputation or career if it turned out there was a reasonable explanation. But this was a lot of money. So he decided to quietly go to the FBI <laughs> and have them look into it. That kind of moves it up a notch. Yeah. The FBI has a field office in Rockford, Illinois, which is about an hour from Dixon. It's like the closest, like, big city, and it's not that big. But <laughs> Burke went to the office, and he spoke with the case agents, and he told the agents that he hoped he was wrong about this whole thing. And the agents looked over the bank statements he'd brought with him and said, I don't think you are. Uh. They took on the case and they immediately started looking into it. They were submitting subpoenas for all these different bank accounts. And as soon as they got access to this RSCDA account, they could see exactly where this money was going. And that's what you're hoping for, that you're like reading it wrong or you know what I mean? Right. Or there's like some explanation. Yeah. Uh huh. So they put Rita under surveillance. They wanted to see what kind of lifestyle she had, and they wanted to know if she'd done this alone, if she was working with someone else. Rita had family members that worked for the city of Dixon. She helped support her nephew. She'd given out loans to family members. She had a boyfriend. They wanted to know if any of these other people were involved. 
Well, there's always a boyfriend <laughs> when there's money problems. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at City Hall, Kathy was very scared. She was sitting on all of this information that the FBI had told her to keep quiet. She wasn't to say anything to anybody. So she was even keeping it from her boyfriend, Tom, as well as her grown children. And mm. she also had to be really sneaky to help the FBI with their investigation. If they needed any documentation from City Hall, like their annual treasurer's reports they kept on file, Kathy would come in early, she'd make the copies, and hope nobody saw her doing it. And then she'd put them in a sealed envelope, and then she'd put them on the mayor's desk to hand over to the FBI. And a few times, this led to a dicey situation for Kathy. One time, the FBI asked her for a report, and like instead of making a copy and sending it over, she just sent over the original report. But then two days later, Rita went looking for that report, and she couldn't find it, and Kathy started Ooh. freaking out a little, like, what's my excuse going to be for why this report is missing? But luckily, Rita just figured it was a report that had been incorrect, and they had to send it back to the accountants to fix, and Kathy just let her believe that. Yeah, definitely make a copy before you send it. Yeah, I think she usually did, but for whatever reason, this time she did not. Kathy kept this up for six months. For six months, she worked alongside Rita every single day and had to act like everything was perfectly normal, knowing as each month passed that the evidence against Rita was piling up and piling up. She had to ask her how her trips were and how her dogs were. And just maintain the same working relationship she'd always had so that Rita didn't catch on that anything was wrong. And she had a really hard time with this. Her health started suffering. Like I said, she wasn't allowed to talk to her boyfriend, Tom, about it or her grown kids. So she was growing really distant from them. She had to keep a huge part of her daily life to herself. And it was really isolating for her. Well, it's hard because it's like consuming you and you can't tell mm -hmm. the people that like you tell I mean, it's like all she's probably yep. thinking about, you know? Yes, exactly. And Tom, he was starting to worry about her. He kept asking if everything was okay because she wasn't seeming like her normal self. And she would just tell him that she had a lot of stuff going on at work and she had a lot of work to do, a lot of changes at work. She said that when you lie like that, it just makes things worse physically for you. Aww. Meanwhile, Rita's going along, doing her thing, same old, same old, no clue that anyone is on to her. While the FBI is investigating her, she takes another $1.5 million from Dixon and puts it into that secret account, transfers it over. But, like, where is that money coming from? Like, that's what I can't seem to... It's coming from the city's money from the state, but we'll get into everything. So... Kathy would even watch Rita do it. Now that she knew exactly what was happening, she could see it happening. See it it happen. had been happening oh. right in front of her. As soon as the money would come into their account from their state account in Springfield, which is the capital of Illinois, Rita would call it up and she'd put it into the capital development account. And then before she left for lunch, she'd go over to the capital development account book, write a check payable to treasurer, and then take that check over to the bank and deposit it into the RSCDA account. Kathy just never knew what she was seeing before, but now she couldn't believe it. As soon as they got the money in, Ugh. it was gone. When Kathy had just gotten to her breaking point and she didn't think she could keep up this charade any longer. Charade. 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 
No one says charades. Do you play charades? <laughs> no, I play charades. Actually, okay. I don't play charades. I hate that game, but. <gasps> really? That's because yeah, I would I crush you at it. I can't stand it. Uh, you definitely could because I just played like charade junior, junior, junior with a like a <laughs> six-year-old and a three-year-old and they were way better than me. Okay? <laughs> so when she couldn't keep up the charade any longer. D- okay, you can say it like that, <laughs> but you're going to leave in the beginning, the other stuff. She told the mayor, Jim. I can't do this anymore. I'm just crazed out of my mind. And the mayor told her, Kathy, it's today. It was April 17th, 2012, Reckoning Day for Rita Crundwell. Two FBI agents came into the mayor's office and they spoke for about 30 minutes in there before the mayor called Rita over the intercom and asked her to come to his office. This was around 930 in the morning. As Rita walked past Kathy's office, Kathy told her good morning. And Rita responded, good morning, Swan, like she was the normal, upbeat, high spirits Rita. She had no idea what she was walking into. Oof, that's rough. Good morning, Swan. (laughs) Good morning, Swan. When she got to the office, the mayor told her that these agents had a couple questions for her. Rita said, sure. And the mayor left them in the office and closed the door. And as he walked away from his office, he saw like 15 more agents come into City Hall and they completely shut down City Hall. And there were agents out of Rockford, Illinois, as well as U.S. Marshals because of all the stuff that they were about to seize. And a funny story. In the documentary, the FBI agent that was being interviewed, he said that the marshals were there because of all the seizures. And I was like, who who are all these people having seizures? Like, I'm thinking I missed something. Like, the marshals are there to take. I'm like, City Hall. I'm just picturing, like, people on the floor having, like, total seizures. It put a very different visual in my head, you know, and then I realized it was like the search and seizures kind of seizures. (laughs) So (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Are those spelled the same? I guess I wouldn't have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I had closed captions on too. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Kathy said that this moment was so intense. And Rita knew she'd been caught. They had all the evidence. Rita was arrested. She was given her Miranda rights and they asked her if she'd like to talk to them. And she said she would talk to them and she spoke with them for like an hour and a half. And the mayor said she was just in there singing like a canary. Yeah. She told the FBI she thought she'd taken around $10 million. <gasps> Rita, why? Shut your pie hole. <laughs> the FBI took her away and immediately Kathy said it was like a weight had been lifted off her shoulders. Yeah. One of the FBI agents came to her and asked her if there was like a back exit they could take Rita through. And Kathy was about to tell them, no, you parade her through this office in her handcuffs. She was so pissed, but she ended up showing them where the staircase was that led to the parking garage. Just like make her go all the way through. Right, right. So while this is happening, while they're arresting her, there's other agents at the two homes she owned in Dixon, as well as the horse farm in Dixon that she owned with warrants to search it and in one of the basements of one of the properties they found a crawl space where she'd kept all of the records of her fraud like pristine records of all of her fraud (laughs) and they saw a very organized criminal exactly and they saw that this fraud went much deeper and back much farther than they'd even known She'd opened that RSCDA account in December of 1990, 
20 years earlier. Is that like before the internet? <laughs> 1990? Yeah. No. Right? Yeah, you're when not banking did, online that? in 1990. Like, she went right. into the bank and opened it. Yes. She'd taken $181,000 from the city that year. This was her first mm-hmm. year. And the only reason they were able to figure that out was because of the records she kept stored at her house. The more the FBI poured through these records, the more they realized that this was one of the most egregious cases they had ever investigated. She stole over $53 million from this small town over those 20 years. Oh, my God. So how did she do it? Like I said before, the city of Dixon had six legitimate accounts at Fifth Third Bank, accounts for things like sales tax, capital development, capital projects. She would move money from all of those accounts into the capital development account. And then she set up that seventh secret account, the RSCDA. She'd create fake invoices for fake projects like fixing sidewalks and street repairs, and she'd pay those invoices out of the capital development fund into the secret account, the RSCDA account. Which if anyone were to see bank statements from there, it could look like a legitimate account because it stood for Reserve Sewer and Capital Development Account. So it looks oh. like a legit city account. I was like, Rita steals cash. <laughs> and I was like, I know. To- I was trying to figure that out too. Then Rita steals cash from Dixon. That's what it stands for. Account. Yes. Yeah. Rita steals cash from Dixon account. Exactly. Yeah. Then from this account, she'd write checks for things like spa visits, jewelry, real estate, a motor coach, Mm. quarter horses. She did this 179 times with these giant charges. Insane. She was in charge. I know. She was in charge of creating the invoices and paying for the projects. So there was no one else to notice. Because when one individual has control of all the money coming in and all the money going out, it makes it really hard to hide the money. I'm surprised she was so, like, comfortable, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, brazen. Yeah. 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 I think she just started to look at the city of Dixon's money as her money. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around stressors, big and small. For me, this comes in the form of work, too many deadlines, relationships with people, irrational fears of the future. When we keep them bottled up, it can really start to affect us negatively, mentally and physically. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. My therapist has really been helping me work on coping skills for how to handle my stress, how to handle day-to-day tasks that I struggle with, as well as working on communicating and improving personal relationships and just talking through problems with somebody who understands. It's something I wish I'd started ages ago. But finding a therapist is so overwhelming. Are they taking new patients? Are they taking insurance? And once you find one that says yes to both of those, are they a good fit? If not, you have to start the process all over again. If they are a good fit, you've got to figure out some way to fit appointments into your busy schedule. But BetterHelp takes away all of those barriers, and I'm so thankful. I love my therapist. I really feel like they took my questionnaire that I filled out when I signed up and really used it to match me to the perfect person. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creepers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Creepers. Life doesn't happen biweekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 a day or $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck, and then access your money as you earn it instead of having to wait for it to hit your account. Any money you access, including any optional tips, are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It is a much-needed alternative to predatory payday lenders for people that find themselves in a bind, like a bill due Wednesday when payday isn't until Friday. Or you're like me and you're just getting slammed with birthdays. Why are all my friends Tauruses? With Earn In, I don't have to worry about being late with a gift because I had to wait for payday. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Creepers under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Creepers under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Mayor Burke decided to hold a press conference, and he called this an upsetting, traumatic event for the citizens of Dixon. Rita Crundwell was placed on administrative leave without pay. (coughs) And he said they were going to do whatever they could to get the money back or as much of the money as they could back. City Hall reopened right after all the marshals and the agents left with Rita. And Kathy finished up her work for the day, which seems absolutely wild to me. Like, take the day off, Kathy. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, she's finishing up her Honestly, it's the, probably tasks. the most she's been able to, like, focus. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But at 4.30, she walked down to the office of the city's lead attorney. Her boyfriend, Tom, was one of the city's attorneys. He was there waiting for her. And she told him that this is the reason that I've been acting so crazy for the last six months. Like, she said she was sorry, but that she was told not to say anything. And he said he understood. Hmm. Kathy said that once these feelings of anger and betrayal passed, she was left with this, like, feeling of worry for Rita. She was wondering if she was okay in jail. Did she have a blanket last night? Was she cold? And she couldn't understand why she cared. She couldn't understand why she was feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And I think it didn't last long, okay? But I think in some way, she was, like, blaming herself for being the reason that Rita is in jail right now, which is obviously not a rational thought, but I can understand, like, why you'd feel that way initially. Like, if it wasn't for me, she would not be sleeping in a jail cell right now, which obviously not her fault. Right. As word got out about what Rita had done, the people of Dixon were outraged. And then Rita posted her $4,500 bond and she was released from jail pretty quickly, which pissed people off even more. Yeah. Why would her bond be $4,500? I thought the same thing. And I'm like, how does she have $4,500? Haven't you frozen all of her accounts? Like who's posting? I guess probably somebody posted that. Someone else. But yeah. Most people could not believe that Dixon had even $54 million to lose. That should have been her bail. $54 million. Give us all our money yeah. back. We'll Honestly, if I was her, I probably wouldn't want to get out either. I'd be like, you know, I'm good. Because people are picketing outside of that place for her. Yeah. 
Most people couldn't believe that Dixon even had $54 million to lose, but mostly they just couldn't believe that they had put their trust in a person that would do something like this. It's like, how do you know, though? No, you don't. But everyone thought Rita was so nice. But she was only nice, and I'm sure she was very nice yeah. to everybody she met because yeah, she con had to be. Usually are. Yeah. And she had to be. Like, she had to make sure that nobody's looking too hard into her stories about things, you know? Pe- she yeah. needed people to really like her. And she was in a government position in a small town where your elected and appointed officials are more than just like a name on a ballot. They're the people you see at church, at the grocery store. And with smaller governments, there tends to be systems based more on trust than checks and balances that you'd see in larger mm-hmm. governments, which, of course, makes fraud like this even easier to commit. And, and she's the one inviting all the city council members over to her house after the meetings. You know, they'd come have barbecues mm-hmm. and cocktail parties and pool parties like she was everyone's friend. And that's not us hating on small town. Like, that's the truth of the matter. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not just at all. how it is. I, I wish that that system could work. Like, I wish people right. like Rita Cronwell didn't work, didn't exist. And you could, like, really yeah. have systems like this. You know, I think it's a great way of life until somebody comes and takes advantage of it and messes everything up and ruins it all. Ruin it for everybody else. Exactly. That's why you can't have nice things. Before Rita Cronwell, the largest case of municipal fraud was when a network of 11 people, all friends and family, stole $48 million from, I think it was Washington, D.C. It's called Ocean's Eleven. We've seen the movie, okay? That wasn't municipal fraud. That was (laughs) robbery, and that's a great story. They did this over the course of 20 years also. Rita, all by herself, stole $54 million in the same time span. And the D.C. case amounted to like $80 per resident. In Dixon, it was like over $3,000 per resident. And she's literally stealing these people's tax dollars. Like that is literally their $3,000 that she's stolen from every single person in this town. I know. All I can think about is like, are there things that are happening in the town? Like, are there improvements? Are there things that they're noticing? Like, this is what our... Or has, like, nothing been done at all and people just, like, aren't? I'm not saying it's Nothing has been done at all. No, nothing has been done at all. There's no, like, road improvements, beautification projects. No, and we will get into, like, how devastating this really was for Dixon. Just people thought they didn't have the money. They didn't know somebody was out there stealing it all. It seems like most of the time people that commit this type of embezzlement, it isn't because they like need the money. It's because they want to live a more lavish lifestyle. And Rita did. She had, you know, two homes in Dixon. She had a vacation house in Florida. This was a house that Mm -hmm. Kathy says no one knew about. They always thought that when she went down to Florida, she was just staying with her boyfriend's mother. She had the jewels. She had the furs. She had like the nice clothes, the spa trips, like all of that. Mm -hmm. In 2011, just before she was caught, one of the city's commissioners praised Rita's work taking care of the city's finances. He said that she watches over every tax dollar as if it were her own. And truer words have never been spoken because basically (laughs) that money was hers to do with what she wanted. Yes. And what she wanted was horses. (gasps) She loved horses. 
And in hindsight, the names that she gave to her horses were pretty telling. Uh, These are just some of them. There was I execute class. She scores. Me, myself, and I. Careful who you invite. I found a penny. Jewelry by Tiffany. Mm. Pack in jewels. And I'm money too. I wonder if, because these are quarter horses, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if the same naming thing rules apply to like thoroughbred like racehorses. What are the naming rules? Like horse, like racing horses. I'm going to say the wrong terms. I don't know. Okay. But you know, now that I'm in Kentucky, I'm an expert. But like all the ones that race and the big thing, they can't have, there's a database. You can like Google it and look it up and no horse can have the same name. Like two horses can't have the same name. I'm sure that's why they're they're so creative. Well, and oh, that's interesting. But also, I bet it's like careful who you invite is like the letter U. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I so there was like one that's probably why careful who you, yeah, which is it's just funny because there's like thousands. I didn't yeah. know really until I moved and I learned a little bit more just how much money is in. Like, yes. I mean, like I knew kind of, but I didn't realize until I was like, oh dang, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean? I know, I know. Rita was truly living a double life. By day, she was the meek, small-town city clerk with a high school education, making maybe 80 grand a year. But by (laughs) night, she's wearing furs and jewels and traveling all over in a million-dollar luxury coach with her – actually, two million-dollar luxury coach with her quarter horses. She had the two homes in Dixon, a vacation home in Florida no one knew about. 80 acres of land, over four dozen trucks, trailers, and other motorized farm vehicles. She got a 2005 Thunderbird convertible, a 67 Chevy Corvette Roadster, a pontoon boat, expensive jewelry, and a quarter of a million in cash in the bank when she was caught. And she would just like take off four months a year to go all over to these horse competitions to show her horses. Which seems wild to me because that means that that's four months when someone else is doing her job for her. But she was just so confident that she wouldn't get caught. And all it took literally was for Kathy to ask for the bank statements and have them send them over to her. That's it. And and the fact that they would send them to her. Right. Like that it didn't have to be Rita. Right. Anyway, she's well, and even if she had gotten like one of the legitimate accounts, the one that she would stuff and then pull out to put into the art, like somebody, I somebody would have noticed. I can't believe nobody noticed before, but somebody could easily have noticed these large. Well, I guess yeah. they would have just thought she was paying. It would have just looked like she was paying for the job. Right. So never mind. That was yeah. the whole. Yeah. That was her whole anyway, scene. she's she, right. But I'd st- but I still. I mean, I don't know what I would do in this case, but I would think like. Oh, a million dollars or oh, $500,000. Like, this must be for XYZ. XYZ is not happening, though. Like, yeah, it's weird that nobody like put two and two together when the city is nine square miles and nobody's noticing that these projects aren't getting done. Yeah. I'm picturing the like city council meetings in Schitt's Creek. When it's like Ronnie and Myra. (laughs) I think that's fairly accurate, to be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're just sitting around in that, like, yeah, city hall. That's what I'm picturing right now. That's probably basically it. I mean, this city council (laughs) member, one of the guys owned a rug store and the other one was a high school teacher, you know? Yeah. 
Anyway, she's living this double life where she leaves her municipal job and she goes home to live her life as a very wealthy woman. And so she'd made up several stories to explain away her wealth, because obviously she's not living this way on her treasurer job salary. Right. She That's told the other thing, too. I'd be asking some questions. Yeah. She told people that her parents were early investors in Campbell's Soup <laughs> and that she'd gotten this inheritance. She My told father, the inventor of Toaster Strudel. <laughs> Exactly. She'd told others that she'd had a rich boyfriend who'd passed away and left her an inheritance. And most people in Dixon thought she made all her money from her horses. It was public knowledge that she'd sold horses for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And she had so many quarter horses. So many. When they said she had a ton of quarter horses, I was thinking like 15. Like that sounds like a lot of horses to me. You own 15 horses. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, maybe like fifty. I mean that that sounds like a that sounds she's like got a more ton than of horses. Fifty horses, too many horses. No, she had over three hundred horses. Uh, that's so, ridiculous. You don't even know them all at this point. <laughs> they were spread out across several different farms. No one ever questioned this. They just thought that she'd taken an inheritance from her parents or her boyfriend or whoever, and smartly done something with that money and turned it into a success. And now you know won all these awards had this great breeding program all of that and so they just thought that's how she made her money but it does beg the question if that were true what is she doing working a job for 80 grand at the city if she's so successful with the horses why isn't she like well and doesn't that cost a lot of money like yes i don't think yes fund <laughs> like i just know the buying the horse raising first of all even if all 300 of those horses are eating something off the dollar menu that's still 300 dollars <laughs> right Do you know what i mean <laughs> yes yeah i'm appalled by this and then like remember the when, land... like chapters i think about sorority chapters it's like they got 300 members and people are like how do you know everybody no way she knows every single horse's name there's no, no. way no. no no she don't know Rita, I'm out on you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but it begs the question, like, if that were true, if she was, like, doing all this, if she was such a success, what is she doing working for a job that's paying her $80,000 at the city? A job that just happens to put her completely in charge of all of the city's finances. Yeah, that's what she's doing. Yeah, and I think the simple answer, the reason why no one is questioning her is because Rita was so nice to everyone. You know, they liked her. I'm going to start being more nice. It gets you far. You could, you, could do a lot of, you could do a lot being nice. Also, that story about the Campbell's Soup, she actually got that story from Kathy Swanson. It was Kathy's dad that had worked for the Campbell's Soup Company and had the stock options in Campbell's Soup. And Swanson's frozen dinners or no? I thought the same thing, but no, I, don't, I think that's just a coincidence. And Rita's family obviously knew that she hadn't gotten this inheritance. They knew that there was no Campbell's Soup stock options. So the question was posed, like, how much of Rita's fraud did her family know or at least su suspect? Like, how did they explain all of this money away to themselves? But they were benefiting a lot from this money. You know, she's supporting her nephew. She's giving loans out to the family. So you benefit from somebody, something, you know, that much 
they're, you're not going to look too hard or question too much about where the money's coming from. Right. I'm sure they had their guesses. So on May 12, 2012, she was indicted on 60 charges of fraud. <laughs> Wowza. Yeah. And this embezzlement really hurt the city of Dixon. The next town over, Sterling, they had a very similar population size and a very similar annual budget. They were kind of just like identical twins. But Sterling is in a surplus of $8 million, and Dixon had a $4 million deficit. And on top of that deficit, their debt had skyrocketed during Rita's time as treasurer. They were borrowing so much money, the city was in like $20 million in debt. Oh my gosh. $20 million that she stole. Like, And this should have been... This should have been a huge red flag, the fact that Sterling is doing so well and they have the same budget, same population, because the city manager of Sterling actually wrote to the city of Dixon and was like, hey, man, why are you so bad with your money? Why are you in this deficit? They're like, we have this. Yeah, they're like, we have the same amount of money as you, the same amount of expenses as you. Why are you needing to borrow all of this money when we're in a surplus? Said every country to the United States. (laughs) Right. And I don't know who this letter specifically went to, but whoever it was never looked into it. Maybe it was Rita. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. Linda from Laporte sends a strongly worded letter. <laughs> right. But they couldn't do anything about that now. All they could yeah. do was try to recoup their money. And currently, Rita was continuing to be a drain on their resources because of all of these dang horses. There were like, like I said, <laughs> these 300 horses were on 22. Where are they all at? They're on 22 farms in 13 states in 17 districts, and it was costing $200,000 a month to care for all of these horses. Yeah, they're not eating on the dollar menu, like I said. So they ended up making an agreement to sell the horses before the trial because these are live animals that needed to be taken care of daily. And the city was hoping to recover as much of the $53 million as they could by selling these horses. And they knew it was unlikely that they'd ever get all their money back. But this was a very valuable herd that included several national champions. And so they had an auction and they were told that they could expect about 1,500 people to come out. And whoever was telling them what to expect was like, they're the what we call the Willie Nelson crowd. And I don't know what they mean by that, because when I think of Willie Nelson, I don't think about rich people buying horses. I think about a different sort of population. I love Willie Nelson, but yeah. Okay. I don't have an opinion about Willie Nelson. My dad's met him. My parents love Willie Nelson. We have the same birthday. They like hung out at a concert or something. But I just think of Willie Nelson as like laid back smoking pot. I'm not thinking about him like buying a bunch of horses. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what all encompasses his brand. But yeah, I wouldn't think quarter (laughs) horses. Right. Right. In addition to the horses, they were auctioning off the $28,000 horse trailers, $300 fake horse tails, $400 show bits. What is that? Like goods. a wig? Like a horsetail wig? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Like a weave? It's like more a- like a, an extension. Like, it's more like clip-ins. Clip-ins? You know? yeah. But like, could I, could I use that? Like, that's cheaper than like, I'm like, if I want to get extensions for my hair, can I just look up horse... I don't think you want your hair to look like an actual horse's tail. I do, though. Are you kidding? (laughs) That long and, like, shiny? And coarse. and Just for the photos, girl. 
<laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah, you're right. Horses were going for anywhere from $3,000 to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh. One of Rita's crown jewel horses, Good I Will Be, sold for $775,000. But then That's one horse. Yeah, that's one horse. But then shortly okay. after, they that horse had to be euthanized because of complications wow. from a kidney stone surgery. Oh, no. Which is very that's sad. I know. They sold $95,000 worth of horse semen. Several horses that Rita... Oh, uh, are we just going to skip over that? Okay. I mean, I paused. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to figure out, like, for what, though? For breeding. Yes, to breed? Yeah, for, for breeding. Yes. I know. Okay, sorry. I was like, is there like a TikTok beauty trend I missed? Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I just wasn't sure. <laughs> so- <laughs> you act like that's outlandish. I, I would I would think that most people that hear that they were auctioning off horse semen would assume it was for breeding purposes. I just, I don't understand why. We already have 300 of them. <laughs> For people to buy. <laughs> From the champions, know. they can't all buy champions. They don't want to pay $775,000. Not everybody can be a champion. Yeah. Several horses that Rita had bought for over $200,000 sold for less than half that. One that was purchased for $225,000 only sold for $47,000. Oh, all in all, okay. they were able to recoup about $7.4 million at that auction. So not a bad start. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine. But the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com creepers. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros dot com slash creepers. The people of Dixon wanted to see Rita prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Same. There was overwhelming evidence against her, but on November 14th, 2012, she pleaded guilty to a single count of wire fraud <gasps> And money laundering. Oh, the wire fraud. Every time. Why I know, is that's that the, the wire only? fraud that gets you. Three months later, she was sentenced, and she was facing a maximum of 20 years. And the prosecution really focused on the hardships that were caused to Dixon. They came prepared with a PowerPoint. <gasps> a whole slide deck. A whole were there transition? Were there transitions deck. for the bullets? There was like one, two, three. Yes. 
They had a slide for each year of her crime where they would show the notes from the budget meetings where like different departments had to make cuts. It would be like, cut the police department, cut the fire department, (gasps) cut from this department, no ambulance for you. And there was All like for this. There was one where they had to make up a deficit of one point two million dollars. And that resulted in full time employees getting laid off. The city didn't Whoa. get to buy an ambulance they needed. And so like they have this box up. Right. And then right next to it. Right next to where they're showing all these drastic cuts. They're showing what Rita spent that month. No. <gasps> Shut so up. when so when the city couldn't get thirty eight thousand dollars to purchase their ambulance because it just wasn't in the budget, Rita spent over two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a horse trailer, and another two hundred twenty five thousand dollars fuming buying a I'm horse. Fuming. I know people are getting laid off, and Rita's over people here spending- are dying if they don't have enough ambulances to get where they need to in time. Right, and Rita's spending six grand on a custom saddle. And upgrading her motor coach until she finally bought one for $2.1 million. They about to saddle her up and take her off to prison. I hope this PowerPoint was in Comic Sans, though. <laughs> That's what I, that is what I do hope. Do we have access to the slides? Yeah, but it was not in Comic Sans. They're professionals, Mocha. I know, but I just, I wonder what the template background was, though. Like I love how your table. fixation is on this PowerPoint, whereas mine know, was, sorry. what the hell does a $2.1 million motor coach look like? Like, what do you get? Well, that's because I don't even know what a motor coach is. It's like a tour bus, basically. It's like an RV, uh, you know? I kept thinking like motorcade, which is so, like cars. <laughs> so I like, really wanted to see a $2.1 million motor coach. So I look it up on YouTube and I like, I watched a tour of one. You don't, you don't get... You don't get much. Wait, that money doesn't go $2.1 million dollar motor yes. coach? I yes. thought you said 250000 No. $2.1 million dollars on a motor coach. Yeah. A two, $2 million home is massive. Yes. Why are you going to put that on wheels? Especially was, in Dixon, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you buying out the... Like, I, this I, motor coach, this was I, like this the highlights trash. of the motor coach. This was the highlights of this $2.1 million dollar motor coach. It had two bathrooms in it two do you know how uh, many bathrooms you, you could get in a three. two <laughs> and i'm in a townhouse i was like do you know how many bathrooms you can get in a 2.1 million dollar home yeah like 12 right ever well i don't know i i, I don't think 2.1 million dollars is going as far for homes as as you're thinking but yes Every year, Rita stole more and more money, and it started relatively small, a couple hundred thousand a year. But by 1999, she was stealing a million dollars, and in 2008, she hit five million dollars in one year, and then she did it again the next year, and again the next year. So when she's like, I think I only, yeah, I think she's like, I think I only stole 10 million dollars. I'm like, girl, that's in the last two years. You stole $10 million in the last two years. You got 18 more years of fraud to go. Yeah, like I'm panicked if I'm her. Yeah, but 2008 was the start of the recession. So it was like really easy to explain away all this missing money, this extra $5,000. Meanwhile, roads have not been repaired in Dixon in 20 years. There's potholes taking up entire lanes that have to be like, like the road had been washed away and there's just cones. There's this road that goes right by the river where there's like a big interstate across from it. And it's like grungy and nasty and disgusting. So when people are driving past Dixon, it just looks like an eyesore. 
There's no I mean, improvement. I'm literally picturing Shit's Creek, you know? The projects that could have been happening to help and benefit the people of Dixon is sad. Like, they could have been improving the library, improving the uh-huh. roads. These are people's tax dollars. In <laughs> <laughs> Texas. And not only that, these projects help the economy. Like, you have a project to repair the road. You're paying people to do that job. Then those people are spending that money in other businesses in the town. No yeah, projects. This, they shouldn't have to pay taxes ever again. These people. <laughs> right. No projects, no jobs, no raises. So layoffs are happening. People suffered because of her. You know, financial crime, not victimless crimes. This had a huge impact on the people of Dixon. <laughs> Piracy, not a victimless crime. I think about that every time I watch a movie. <laughs> Why are you watching like pirated movies all the time? No, I'm watching VHSs, which still has the <laughs> When these different department heads were having to make drastic cuts to their budget, Rita would send them budget requests and she'd put these really like tongue-in-cheek covers on them that looking back, looks they seem so insidious. Like she would put these cartoon images on them of things like a dollar sign being cut in half or like a scaredy cat, like, ah, the budget. Or a man sitting in a life preserver, like floating in water. That one she sent out right before her arrest. It's like the dog where the whole room's on fire and he's drinking the coffee, that gift. It's fine. Everything's fine. That's terrible. Basically, she's saying like, oh my gosh, we're in trouble if we don't get this budget under control. While she's stealing millions of dollars every year. Mayor Burke read a letter to Rita at her sentencing. He wanted her to understand the pain that she caused to the city, but he said that he still believes she was capable of turning her life around because he's a good person. Rita got 19 years and seven months in prison, which was five months short of the maximum. And she has to pay over a hundred million dollars in restitution. Okay. They they said in the documentary, she'll only be making about $65 a month in prison. So the people of Dixon will get their money back in about 125,000 years. Which is terrible. Did she seem like remorseful at all? No. No. She really, no. I think she just was sorry that she got caught and it seemed like she really felt like this was her money to do with as she pleased. That's terrible. Kathy couldn't believe that she'd worked side by side with Rita for 20 years and just felt like she never knew her at all. And she was very happy with this sentence on Rita. She felt it was fully deserved. Yeah, but Kathy, you're the you're the reason why she's even in there. So good on you, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rita appealed her sentence. She stated that the 19 years was way too harsh, but she lost. <sighs> Since then, the U.S. Marshals have been working on going through her assets and trying to sell them to recover more money. The FBI was never able to prove that anyone else knew anything about Rita's scheme. And again, after Rita went to prison, the citizens of Dixon are just very angry. They were calling for a total recall of all of the elected officials because even if they weren't in on the scheme, they weren't doing their jobs if Rita had been able to get away with this. This is what they're all saying. They were throwing around words like greed, abuse of power, and corruption, and saying that until they got rid of the rest of these people, that stuff would always be there. I mean, do we really believe that, though? Or do we think she was really working? No, I don't. I don't believe that. I believe that there is a lot of greed, abuse of power and corruption in politics. But I think when you're looking at small town, like plus there wasn't a lot of greed, like these people weren't benefiting from her crime. 
not like her family that was, you know, except right. they got to go to like barbecues at her house. That's like barbecues. Yeah. They're going to be like Barbados or somewhere cool. <laughs> right, right. No. no. The main the person they were barbecue. going after was Mayor Burke, who they called a dictator on steroids. Hmm. And that was just the way a lot of people were thinking in Dixon. Well, now they just don't trust anyone. Exactly. And they weren't accusing the city council or the mayor of knowing about the fraud, but they were they were saying that they should have known. And the reason they didn't catch it sooner was because they'd been complacent in their duties and just let her do everything, especially since officials in Sterling had figured out that something was wrong. Like, how did another city see the red yeah. flags? And the mayor working down the hall from Rita didn't. Yeah, that's troublesome. Yeah. And so at every city council meeting, the same people would show up to every meeting asking for Mayor Burke's resignation. He was completely vilified. He just had to sit there and listen every every council meeting as these people got up and said their piece for hours and hours, you know. He was pretty shocked at all the anger coming towards him, but he did feel responsible for allowing this to happen on his watch. Now, you might be asking, didn't the city have auditors? Aren't audits supposed to catch stuff like this? Yes. And the answer to those questions are yes. And I, yeah, I think so. Rita hired them. Oh, you're absolutely correct. Rita handpicked the people to do the audits. And she had a very cozy relationship with them. She basically selected them without making it obvious that she was the one selecting them. And it was this uh, accounting firm called Clifton, which is a top 10 accounting firm in the U.S. I mean, this isn't like some podunk little firm or like one guy in an office, you know. Yeah. They did the city's brother's cousin's wife or something. Exactly. They did the annual audit of the city and they were involved in the city's day to day operations. Clifton did all the accounts payable. They cut checks. They did payroll. Like, how did they not discover this fraud? So unless you work in finance, you might not know what an auditor does. But not me. I know all about this. I am an absolute expert in uh, auditing. So I will tell you now. I'll try to break it down for you lay people. And by that, I mean I'm going to explain it exactly how the documentary explains it. We are going going to be reading from Wikipedia. (laughs) Yes. That is my only source of (laughs) knowledge on this. Basically, according to this documentary and not my own personal knowledge, an auditor's job is to give an opinion. It's like a food or a movie critic. They review (laughs) the accuracy of the financial statements, but they don't actually create the financial statements. The opinion of auditors is used to make business decisions moving forward, just like you might check the reviews of a movie or a restaurant before you go. (laughs) So in this little scenario, what if the food critic where you're checking the reviews to see if you want to go to that restaurant? Well, what if that food critic was also the person that created the menu and cooked the food at the restaurant? Yeah, like the Waffle House where you do everything. Right. That would create what we in the know like to call a conflict of interest. But Clifton was getting paid to create the financial statements, and then they were getting paid again to review those documents that they created. Yeah, that's problematic at best. Yes. The city argued that the auditors knew or should have known that the invoices they were looking at were phony. And MoCap, they put they put pictures up of these invoices. Even I could tell that they looked oh, like they had been no. slapped together on a Word document. 
These invoices did not include a logo at the top of the paper. There were misspellings on the lines of the invoice. Like there was one that was like section A and they just left the I out of section, secton A. It gives you the red squiggly. (laughs) The invoices did not list a phone number like they should have. And they were for fictitious projects like toll booth demolition. And, you know, it looked like it had been typed up in Microsoft Word. It was obviously not legit. And the smallest bit of scrutiny should have seen that, according to this documentary. And I know nothing about auditing or financial records. In small towns like this, these city council jobs, even the mayor, they're just part-time jobs that pay almost nothing. Each city leader is responsible for different things, and they rarely communicate with each other about their departments. One of the city council officials owns a carpet store. Another was a high school (laughs) teacher. Like, there just wasn't the oversight needed to catch something like this. They relied on the auditors to catch anything wrong. And it wasn't like it was the same people in the city council for Rita's entire reign. They had like. Well, and if you know an auditor, like if you know a company that's trusted, this, you know, top 10, whatever is auditing, you're not thinking that you need to be like checking their paper. Checking right. their work, you know right. what I mean? Like you're assuming everything's, everything's good. Everything's on the up and up. Good. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, it, w- it and and also like the problem comes from their system of not having two people. Like not like yeah. they had the same person writing the invoices and paying the invoices. Like those yeah. should be at a minimum two different people's jobs. Yeah, for sure. And the city council, like, they had three different finance commissioners during her reign, five different city councils, three different mayors. And Mayor Burke was the one to actually do something about it as soon as the information came to him. You know, like, literally, as soon as it came to him, he was like, oh, we got to, like, go to the FBI. So I think the accusations against him are maybe a bit unfair based on the knowledge that I have, the information that I have. If the auditors had simply walked down the hall to ask one of the city engineers about a project that didn't exist, this whole thing would have crumbled. There were 179 of these fake invoices. If just somebody had been like, hey, Bob the engineer, how's that toll booth demolition going? They would have been like, what are you talking about? How's the butterfly garden? I mean, like anything. (laughs) Right. And the they, playground for the kids. The auditors even admitted that they knew about this secret account. This account that immediately tipped off Kathy Swanson that something wasn't right. The second she saw it, she was like, this is wrong. The auditors knew about it. They had the financial statements yeah. from it. And they, like, never saw anything wrong with it. I understand why people lost any sort of trust or confidence in their government after something like this. Right. So it's not, like, that hard to avoid fraud like this. Like I said, you just don't let one person be in control of all the finances. You have one person in charge of the credit card, for example, and then a different person in charge of the payments, one person in charge of collecting the money for the water bill, and the other person in charge of paying the bill. You separate all these functions. But in Man, Dixon, this does make me appreciate major shouts to the finance department in my job because sometimes <laughs> I'm like, why do I have to have this person do the thing? And then I got an email well, and I'm like, that's we, exactly what I was thinking. Cause they were like in Dixon, you have to separate individual functions among multiple people. But in Dixon, they didn't separate any functions among any people. And I'm like, what a pain in the butt just to avoid people not being dirt bags and like stealing money that doesn't belong to them. 
now I got to jump through all this red tape bureaucratic nonsense to get my check yeah. signed. Got to have 14 people sign it. So that's why. Because stuff like this. Yeah. So you're not robbing little kids for their lunch money over there. Rita's job duties included picking up the mail. So she's the one getting the bills so nobody knows that these Checks, bills aren't coming yeah. in. Making deposits. She's the one that updated the journals and ledgers. She compared and signed checks. She moved investment monies. She reconciled the bank accounts. Like there was no way someone was around to notice when she was in charge of all of that. Look at us giving financial advice to small and medium sized You're welcome. You, You're yeah, welcome. Everyone, we just yeah. saved you. You're okay. welcome. The only reason Rita got caught was because she got cocky. She took too much time off of work. She went to too many horse shows. And Kathy didn't follow her instructions when requesting those bank statements. She thought she had it handled for when she went out of town. You know, Rita yeah. would send someone to pick up the mail for her and just keep it for her, not open it. It wouldn't get opened yeah, until she got back. Kathy was supposed to call the bank and only request the statements she needed, not get all the statements. And Rita knew that there were no policies in place to catch her. Yeah. Also, this accounting firm, Clifton, that did the auditing, they also did Rita's personal and business finances for several uh, years. Were in they two, held accountable? Well, they tried. In 2005, there were over $300,000 that Clifton saw that came in with no explanation from where it came from when Rita is a city employee making $80,000 a year. And they never questioned this money. They were never like, where is this money coming from? Because I guess it's like not really their job, but also like if you're looking at a crime, you're looking at a crime. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Kathy's job either. So while they're preparing financial documents showing that the city is losing millions of dollars, they're also seeing that the person responsible for the money of the city has an unexplained extra $300,000 coming in. Yeah. Someone explain this. An unexplained income on a tax return is a huge red flag. But during their deposition, the Clifton auditor said that there was never an audit designed to detect fraud. So on one side, there's someone saying that auditors are not responsible for finding fraud and nor should they be. And then on the other side, there's someone saying this was overwhelming negligence. But I feel like it's like a, a hazard of the job as an auditor. Like, you don't, you're not looking for fraud, but if everything checks out, then there's no fraud. Like, if you're looking at an invoice and it looks shady and there's no logo and there's no, like, project that is associated with the invoice, like, I don't know. I feel like that's fraud and you kind of caught it by default. I agree. Like, why do you need an audit designed to detect fraud when it's, like, staring you in the face? Like, if an audit is to check all of the payables and receivables and all that, then like fraud is money unaccounted for. It should like come up if you're doing everything by the book the way you should be. Yeah. And but actually most frauds are identified by a whistleblower, not an audit. So mm -hmm. if it weren't for Kathy Swanson, there's a chance that Rita would have never been found out. Yeah. And shouts to all the nosy people out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nosy with the light on. Nosy Kathy. Peeps. Yeah, Kathy says that being a whistleblower was very stressful, but that her parents taught her that you don't take something that doesn't belong to you. So she said her only regret is that she didn't discover this sooner. What does Kathy get? She get like a whole parade in Dixon <laughs> over there. She really should. They can't afford it, but they should do like a, <laughs> something, a GoFundMe parade. 
Fifth Third Bank was also named in the complaint by the city. They held these six legit accounts for the city and also that secret account. And according to Mm -hmm. the bank, it was a City of Dixon account. But they saw on a regular basis that Rita was using it for so many personal transactions. And the checks that she deposited were made out to Treasurer, which, according to this prosecutor in the documentary, is so vague that they shouldn't have accepted these checks made out to Treasurer. Especially when they're checks for like $400,000, like that large amount of money. Yeah. And I think if it had been a person that they didn't know, they would have put these checks and this account under more scrutiny. But this was Rita. Everyone loved Rita. Everyone trusted Rita. And look, Rita doesn't even need the money because Rita's rich. (laughs) Yeah, Rita's. Right. And she got away with it for such a long time. So Dixon sued Clifton, which is Clifton Larson Allen is the name of the firm. They sued them for $35.15 million. They sued Fifth Third Bank for $3.85 million. I also hate that name. That fraction makes no sense. Fifth Third Bank? It's awful. I I, I, I think of it as streets because it's Fifth Third. But this logo is a fraction. So I'm like, that's basically one and two thirds. Wait, it's a fraction? Like the logo is five over three. Oh, really? You know, like- Oh, I thought this was just some random bank here. I didn't know that was like a chain. Like if you like Google it. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't like it because, yeah, that is one and two thirds. <laughs> one and two thirds bank. What are we teaching our children not to simplify their fractions? They also sued Janice Card and Associates for $1 million, but I'm not sure why or who they are. <laughs> but the one they truly felt was responsible for not catching this was Clifton. And they were going to get everything they could from them, either through a lawsuit or a settlement offer. I'm not sure exactly how much they got from them. Paula Mayer is the new treasurer for the city of Dixon. And she said she wasn't really nervous about stepping into the role because she knew she couldn't possibly do worse than her <laughs> predecessor. <laughs> say, only up from here, sister. But what she really wanted to do was to fix the whole system. She wanted to create a whole new system of accounting, and she restructured the entire department. She changed almost everyone's job duties and also physically relocated them, basically so that everyone knew things were going to be done a little differently now. Yeah. She's going to be keeping an eye out. All right. And Kathy said she doesn't feel sorry for Rita anymore. You know, she thinks she's where she belongs. And she said sometimes she looks back on it all and she wonders, why was she caught? Why that day? Why did this bank statement strike her as so odd when the auditors had been looking at statements from this account for years and never said a word? The citizens of Dixon voted in a new form of government, a managerial form. The role of the city council used to be like an executive authority over their department. But now the city manager had the executive authority. And the city council was just responsible for policy. So they got five new city council members and they implemented multiple forms of fraud prevention, including making it so that multiple people have to sign checks and other multiple people have to approve the payments in the first place. The new treasurer also thinks it would be a really good idea to train council members on how to read financial statements because... One of the things about this that I think I skipped was that these council members would get these statements and it just like they had no idea what they were looking at. Rita would make them like so complicated and so convoluted that they couldn't read them. And so they just kind of like were like, okay, looks good to me. You know, I mean, literally me anytime I'm like filing my taxes, looking at a budget. I'm like, "Mm." yeah, looks fine. Yeah. 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 Looks good. 
Jim Burke did not run again for mayor. He'd been mayor for 16 years, and he was disappointed not to run again, but he knew it was time to go. The new mayor, Leandro Ariano, is taking on the task of trying to figure out which funds were specifically stolen from to try and make sure that they get their money back. And he knew the trust in the city's government had been completely shattered. He wanted to get that back. The city ended up recovering about $40 million from the civil lawsuit and from Rita's assets. $10 million immediately went to lawyer fees. And $20 million went to pay their debts. But now they're out of debt, at least, you know, and now they've got this $10 million right. left over. Mayor Ariano noticed that in that final year, the city was borrowing almost the exact same amount of money that Rita was stealing. So, like, they're borrowing $5 million, She's taking it. So it's like they could have without her, obviously not. I mean, I knew they wouldn't be in, like, as much of a financial crisis. But, like, it's not like they would have even really been in any debt. No, Which, like, they wouldn't have been in debt at all. Sometimes. Like yeah. Sterling was in that surplus. They were in an $8 million surplus. Surplus. Dixon should have been in a surplus as well. So the rest of the money, that last $10 million, that was focused on infrastructure, fixing those roads that had gotten washed away and just now were a giant hole. And they redid River Street, that street that I was talking about, making mm-hmm. it look really nice since it had been such a huge eyesore. And now moving forward, they should continue to have a nice little surplus like Sterling, and they can start recovering from all of the money that Rita stole. They are now living by the words of their hometown celebrity, Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. I'm always trying to. Uh Uh-huh. Trust but verify. The receipts. Mayor Burke passed away in 2016, and Kathy Swanson retired that same year. She realized that she had to take a step back due to the post-traumatic stress that she suffered after going through this whole thing. One day, a while after Rita's trial, she discovered that another city employee had probably committed some kind of, like, unrelated fraud on a, you know, little (laughs) small She's like, nope, I'm out. She had to be rushed to the hospital for a possible heart attack. Oh, my God. That turned out to just be chest pains caused by accumulated stress. And she was like, yeah. Because she's I'm... probably thinking she's about mm-hmm. to go through round two of all this. Exactly. She's out. Uh, Rita was set to be released on March 5th, 2030, and she was going to be 82. But she was actually released last year in August of 2021 <gasps> because of COVID. Be- what? We just letting them out? Yeah. No? You didn't know that? I get my true crime news from you. <laughs> I'm sure we've talked about a lot of people get, uh, yeah, a lot of people for, well, I guess we mostly just talk about violent crime and they're not letting out a lot of violent criminals, but a lot of people are getting like early release, like shorter sentences. If you're Rita, you're, you're relocating, right? Like you're not going back, like (laughs) you're not going all the way across. I mean, you'd think so, right? This is a town of 15,000 people. I kind of wish I knew where she was now. Like, she can't be living in right. Dixon. She didn't just, like, she reboot her, be. like, social... She owes them $100 yeah, million. Yeah, like, who's dollars. renting an apartment to her? <laughs> or whatever. Right. Like, oh, can we exactly. do a reference check? Exactly. Ooh, that's going to be tough And I think, like, her me. boyfriend that she... Ha- <laughs> right. And I think her boyfriend uh, that had been pretty supportive of her, like, through the trial, I think he, like, dumped her when yeah, she went to jail. That's and probably the move. So, now I don't know. Yeah, but she's like, I guess in her 70s. Dang, man. Now, so, yeah. And that is the story of the largest uh, case of municipal fraud in history. Bit more interesting than you were expecting. Yeah, that's no joke. No kidding. (laughs) Whoa. 
it's the horse that always get me. <laughs> 300. <laughs> I like can't even like picture how many that is. I was like 15. She, she got 15 50. horses. That's a lot. Oh, no. no. She got 300 that horses. Is, that is too much. Yeah. All right. Do we have any shout outs? You know we do. Shout outs. Okay. Ooh, I'll start. Okay. This one is special. All right. Major, major shouts to my little Christina Janchek IDB. Yay. Why did I not know she was your little? Because it's one of my many uh, adopted oh. littles because I really only have <laughs> one official. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, and she and, – and we – listen, because now she's going to come for me. We know who my official little <laughs> is. Kayla, we, we love you. But sometimes you got to take people in under your wing, you know? Sure, sure, yes. And I was like made for that. My wingspan is large. <laughs> All right, next up, Sue Turner. Thank you so much, Sue Turner. Sue Turner, what can I say? It's pretty easy. (laughs) It is easy, Sue, but you're not. Sue was my grandmother's name, so I love that name. Sue's. I like calling Susan Sue's. Sue's. That's That's what her BFF of all time, they were best friends for like 80 years. That's what she would call her. She'd call her Sue's. Yeah, because, like, what's a yeah. – that's such a good, you know. It is. Do people call you Sue's, Sue? Sue. Can we call Sue. you Sue's? <laughs> okay, here's what I'm picturing. Sue's <laughs> is either, like, a retired math teacher uh-huh. or she's, like, 19 and in college. And you know how, like, the old – like, the names, the names are, coming are coming back? back. yeah. And she's, like, wearing the mom jeans, like, the white, clean Nike. Well, no, now they're kind of dirty. That's cool for the, your shoes to be dirty looking. Oh, thank and God, because I'm having such a hard time cleaning my white Air Force ones. No, people are paying hundreds of dollars for these, like, dirty-looking tennis shoes. So, oh. Suze, you're either one of those. <laughs> Cute in your little crop top for game day or – Retired math teacher? You were teacher? doing the retired math teacher. We need to know. Nothing in between, Suze. <laughs> Nothing in between. You're up. K-T, like Katy Perry. Thanks, Katie. Katie. Thanks for listening, Kate. We would have never gotten that. Katie with a Y. Katie with a Y. I do respect the Katie with a Y. Keeping it, keeping it tight. This is like our starter pack. Suze, Katie, Anna, Ashley. I mean, this is like Christina. This <laughs> yeah, is like yeah. the, the early 90s starter pack. Yes, <laughs> it totally is. This it. could be American, our, like, these are girl all group in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, this is like all American girl dolls. Christina, Susan, Katie, Anna, Ashley. Ashley with two E's. I just did all the shout outs. I'm so sorry, but. 100%. But also, Anna, right. Thank you so much, Anna. That's a friend of mine. And Ashley joined Patreon. So thanks, Anna. Anna, what took you so long? <laughs> Ashley Smith. Smith. Just like the normal Smith, though. All right. Well, on that note, thanks, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you all listening to our episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can find us on social media at Creepers Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And also, Facebook, we have a discussion group, the True Crime Creepers discussion group. So come join us in there. We're almost at 1,000 members. So maybe you'll be number 1,000. So come and join. Woo. Also, I got a tweet for October. I haven't, uh, you know, ooh. October's coming up. Are you I have getting a tweet. Ready? Are you getting ready? Yeah, I got to think about some content. Maybe something so. about the Sanderson sisters. Oh. 
then what else do I want to say? Oh, uh, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. We really do love the nice reviews. We don't really love the mean ones, but it's fine. It's fine. We get it. We get it. Trick or treat. Leave us something sweet to read. (laughs) Uh, Okay, and that's it. So bye, peeps and creeps. Bye, peeps and creeps.